why being upfront with your customers really pays off. I'm joined today by Nikolai Bador. He's a co-founder at Closers Media and host of Coffee and Closers podcast. He helps entrepreneurs and those new to sales close big deals faster. We're going to talk about how Nikolai has gone from selling frozen pizzas to getting into real big value high ticket deal selling. We're going to talk about why being upfront with your customers, setting upfront contracts is a great way to make best use of your time and theirs. How to uncover their budget, how to uncover their pain points and how to qualify in or qualify out fast. We're going to talk about how to sell even if you hate selling and we're going to be talking about how sales can be great to anyone. Plus, Nikolai's going to share how he scaled up his own business and much, much more. Let's roll the intro and get into it. Welcome to Sam's Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts and entrepreneurs from around the globe. You'll be learning their story, how digital marketing has helped them along the way and exclusive tips, insights to help you skyrocket your own business. I'm excited to be joined by Mikolai Fedor today. Mikolai, how's it going, man? It's going awesome. How are you doing, Sam? Yeah, do, doing well. Excited to, to chat through with yourself, learn from you, learn all things in terms of highlights of your story, so some of the key places you've worked at, and some actionable tips for our audience today in terms of sales, in terms of business, and in terms of marketing. And then I'm excited to, as we just rec- um, chatted about before we started recording, I know you've fairly recently gone all in into your business closes media. So I'd love to, to get into some tasty bits in terms of how you've scaled that up, how you've grown it um, recently. But yeah, if we could start off with a bit more background on you, um, Nikolai, and, and learn how you got into the world of business and sales. And uh, let's go from there, man. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to start with sales before business because all the businesses we've launched have been funded uh, by the sales uh, and our sales in my sales career in particular. Um, yeah, sales for me has always, you know, sales to me is, I'm passionate about it because it's always been my way, my, it was my way out and then my way up. Do you know what I mean? So I grew up in a small town. I mean, really small. Like, I don't even know if there was 2,000 people. And um, it was a type, it was before the internet. So it was, it was if you weren't a straight A student, you weren't going to get into college was the assumption, right? So if you weren't going to get into college, you weren't going to get a good job. And if you weren't going to get a good job, there was like four things <laughs> that we all thought we could do, which I was good at none of. And so my first sales job was selling frozen pizzas in a market, cooking them up and trying to get you to, to buy them. And I was about 14 or 15. My uncle uh, gave me the, gave me the shot, taught me how to do it. And we ended up selling a lot of pizzas. And uh, what I found about it is I liked the way it made me feel. Um, it was natural. Do you know what I mean? It, it was natural. It was, it was fun. And it was fun because it was easy. And I wasn't really good at a lot of things back then, <laughs> other than writing music and, you know, staying out late. So, um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 was, it, it taught me that. And then from there on, it was, you know, like selling books door to door in Appalachia, Ohio. So I got to go and travel for a summer. And then New York City uh, for a gig, and then Philly. And Denver with Verizon, and it kind of took me all over uh, the country, at least, and um, has has provided a really good uh, life for us. So I I, I love sales, and um, and it's it's always been my ally. You know what I mean? It's and it's it, allowed man. us to do some great things. Yeah, sure. So started off selling frozen pizzas, and you said you you kind of liked the experience it gave you. Did you say a warm feeling? Um, what was it about it you liked? Just it came naturally, or? Well, it felt good to win. And let me be very clear. This is where closers media. This is why the whole, we've went all in on the conversion to close side. 
because a good sale, a good, a good deal, you know, that, that is, is the win where, where, where everyone feels like, like they walked away with something. You know what I mean? Everyone feels like they got away with something. Um, but I liked the, the win for them. And as I advanced my career and the, t- and the, the ticket items got bigger and bigger, especially in enterprise software sales, um, I loved the way that it made me feel because I, feel, because I personally felt like, well, we just accomplished something. You know, our team and your team just accomplished something. And you're going to love um, the solve that I've just sold you. And I'm here to support you in any way. I, I, I just love the mutual win. I don't know how to describe it any better. Got it. Got it. Kind of, it sounds like delivering value, making sure you're, you're getting something out of it. Obviously the, the customer's happy. They're giving you their money and then they're getting a product that they're, they're pleased with. Well, yeah, I mean, the thing about sales that, that, that I really am attracted to other than the lifestyle that it gave me, but you get to a certain point when you're, you, know, you can only win so many awards, you can only make so much money. You know what I mean? And you got to reflect back on why do we even do this? And the reason why I do it is, to me, the best salespeople that I've ever come across, ever worked with, you know, they're great listeners. They're empathetic. They actually do care. And, and they really want to help, like genuinely want to help you, right? And they have something that they believe with all of their heart can help you, right? And then, and then they make promises to you and they keep those promises. And then when the close comes, if you, you know, quotations, because again, close all the closes as a result of just keeping your promises, you know, everybody feels like they, like they won something. I mean, think about that. that. That's just good human skills. That's just like basic good human skills, listening, wanting to help, doing so and keeping your promises. And that's why we've kind of, you know, kind of done what we've done with closers is because we want to empower everybody to have those skills. I think the world would be a better place. <laughs> what about Love politics? You, think, you know, to, instead of bickering with each other, what if both sides were, were empathetic and listening and we're working to come to a mutual resolve, that would be great and refreshing. That's it. So. That's it. We could easily make this a whole different show, but we'll, we'll leave it there. But that's some great points. <laughs> I mean, like, like, like you say, it's, it, it comes down to being, being ethical in terms of what you're selling, genuinely wanting to, to help the, the people you talk to. And I completely agree. I wouldn't, I, I've tried it before. I've pro, sold products that I haven't actually been invested in, let's say, and in my opinion, don't always need to be invested in necessarily the product itself, but more the solution or the end result that it achieves for your customer. And if you're not yeah. invested in that, then I think you should move to something you probably are. And I, I guess you'd agree with me on that. I 100%. Cool. Okay. So from, from, from pizzas to, did you say selling books was, uh, was the next thing for yourself? Yeah. So in college, I paid for a majority of my college. Um, I was the first kid in our family to go to college. Um, First, sorry, first kid, our entire extended family, I should say. We, have, we were Italians. So we had a lot of, a lot of cousins. Um, and so I had a chance to go uh, live in Columbus, Ohio, which I hadn't left, you know, the tri-state area for, for ever, you know, which is crazy to think. But anyway, um, got to go and live in a new place, got to go to Nashville, got trained up, and got to work with college kids and go door-to-door selling books in Appalachia, Ohio. I don't know if you know where that's at, Sam, but that's like, you know, those banjo movies? You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Like yep. dogs and I got bit by dogs. I got guns. It was wild. <laughs> it was wild. But I got, you know, got my first presence club. I got to go to the Bahamas or yeah, no, got to go to the Cayman Islands for club. And wow. it taught me a ton about sales. And I thought, man, if I can do this, I think I could do this in any environment, you know? So give me I, that boost of I, confidence. I can imagine that's pretty much being like thrown in a deep end door to door selling. <laughs> So uh, it'd be good to learn some of the some of the lessons that you picked up there and how you managed to get work your way up to President's Club. Yeah, well, I mean, it, 
they literally, you go get trained and then they give you your assignment. So you go to wherever they assign you. And then, which is no, no, nowhere near your house. That's part of the, the program, you know, to get you out. And then you go find your own house, to, your own place to live. You manage your own you know, account, you know, your spreadsheet. Um, and it's wild, you know, for a 19 year old kid, that's, that's pretty heavy. So it is, man. So what, what were you doing differently to everyone else to, to achieve that target and to work your way to President's Club? You know, what I learned in that gig was uh, the, the value of knowing where every allotted, like every minute that you have, you know, people say maximize your day, live in the moment. Well, for, for a lot of, a lot of the, the metrics that would get you to club um, weren't just wins. It was also activity and it was an honor okay. system. So I could have cheated, but I didn't. And it really, it, 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 it taught me the, the discipline of time management. It taught me yep. the value in scripts and repetition. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, and how to kind of intersect both. And then once you get that muscle memory down, how to be, once you have those two, two things dialed down, act, like consistent activity and kind of a muscle memory type of script, the, the, the rebuttals start getting slower. You know what I mean? You start hearing the no before they're said, so you can think and, and then respond. Um, and once that, those two things merge, I was like, that was the first time it hit me like, holy smokes, like I can be really good at this because that, that introduced my first system. And I was going to say, it sounds like you built a selling system at that stage. Yeah, absolutely. And systematic selling is how we've been. That's how I've been successful. I can't speak for everyone watching this show, but for me, it's been great because then I can be it's, myself. Did, did I hear right on a previous podcast that you were following Sandler? Yes. I've been training Sandler twice at, uh, Amen. when I was, I was at Verizon. No, three times. I think I got uh, Verizon concur and Oracle. I think I got trained in Sandler. I absolutely love Sandler. It is one of my favorite training platforms for sure cool 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 no same here um definitely something that I'd, I'd recommend to anyone tuning in looking into um you can't teach a kid to ride a book bike at a seminar one of the best books i've ever read i recommend it right. to anyone yeah uh, amen that's great awesome yeah. dude cool so okay so that's timing scripts and repetition and then putting in the activity consistently to, to yeah. achieve those results and following a system that that makes perfect sense dude okay so moving forward i know you've done quite a bit of enterprise selling so are there any positions that you'd like to share with us that have got some nice actionable tips whether it's sales whether it's marketing or whether it's just business lessons in general that would be of value to everyone tuning in yeah i think the biggest so my my experience with oracle and ibm um sure. what and it started with concur but the, the, those, those gigs in particular, um, I was brought in to turn territories over. So, okay. um, I lived in Manhattan for a while and out of, out of school and I was never taught basic finance or compound interest. So I racked up a little bit of credit card debt at a hell of a good time, um, needed to pay that off. And so what I found was the commission stack, like the commission set for underperforming territories, you know what I mean? Or like geopaths that just somebody churned through, drained the swamp and moved on. Well, they pay people more for that because, you know, good luck. And so I found a real neat groove in taking those underperforming territories and turning them into profit centers, which is then why I won the last. That's why I won all those other President's Club awards, because because the metrics were kind of low. <laughs> so if you did succeed, yeah. you blew it out of the water. Uh, if you didn't, well, then you're fired. So there was that. But um, they we were able, I was able to create kind of a little system to find the chink in the armor. You know what I mean? To find wh where's the quickest path to revenue? Like what are the... 
what's in between the lines? Like we're playing within the rules, right? But but it's sales, it's war, right? And uh, okay. you want to beat your, you want to you want to do better than your peers. And so you you know trying to locate quickly the quickest path to revenue, the cleanest path to revenue, based on kind of archived data on who's bought before. Um, you know you be you 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 know your 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 TAM. You know you kind of who who you focusing on. I learned that, and then I also learned that my, my skill set is closing, is, con- is converting, conversion to close. That's where I became a conversion to close specialist is I, I started to realize once you can set yourself up with conversations that are almost the same, 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 same the, the, the door-to-door book thing. It's like, if I can get that part right, so your rebuttals, I hear them ahead of time. Do you know what I mean? And I can guide you through, through the, the process. And for me, what I learned was how to discover effectively, discovery meaning qualifying someone in or out giving them the option right off the bat to say, I don't think this is a fit. Do you No, it is not a fit? Great. And in 15 minutes or whatever it is, we get to go about our day and both, both respect each other. And I've gotten more referrals out of that than anything because they're like, wow, thank you. And I'm like, well, there's no reason to waste anyone's time. That would be probably the biggest sales, tangible sales skill was how to, how to artfully uh, discover and how to qualify and unqualify. That was right some way. great points there, Michelo. Um, so diving in a bit deeper, what's more important, discovery or closing? Discovery. And here's, here's why. If you discover, if you run your discovery and your qualification path right, everything after that, if you do it right, is, is fairly effortless. And, and what I mean by that is in my discovery, I tell them right up front, I say, we're going to talk for 15 minutes. If there's interest, you know, I'll ask your permission to go 15 minutes more, right? But in this first 15 minutes, I'm going to be kind of selfish. And they go, what does that mean? And I'm like, I'm going to ask you some, some, some really direct questions because after 15 minutes, I want to be able to tell you, I believe we can help you and look you in the face and mean it or, or look you in the face and say, there's just no way that we're either out of scope for your budget. We're either, you know what I mean? Whatever the reason is, we're just not going to be a fit here. Um, and by doing that, everything after that the next 15 minutes all about them they get really you know excited we spend the last five building our our bench like all right who do we need to sell who do we need to internally sell to to get this done you know what i mean you can do that in a half hour if if, if you give it up front being like i'm going to be selfish up front they, they a lot of people just tend to respect that they're like okay i get it because at the end of the day i, I just want to save their time too right and it's 15 minutes like you could take that walking down the stairs to your COVID home office. You know what I mean? Everyone's got yeah, 15 exactly. minutes. Exactly. And then after, so that, and after that, the close comes because you've done all the hard work. You know all the reasons why, they, why this is going to stall or why they're not going to buy in Q3 or whatever. Um, you're prepped for it, you know? Okay. So is that something you recommend to anyone in business or sales in general? So if you get a new opportunity, let's say it's someone that phones you inbound, could be a LinkedIn message, could be through your website contact form, doesn't matter how the heck it came in. Um, some kind of lead or one of your sales guys could have generated you could have generated yourself referral whatever yeah. um, you set an upfront contract initially so you say look yes. I'd like I'd like 15 minutes of your time I'm going to be quite selfish I'm going to ask you some questions you might have a few questions for me and by the end of the 15 minutes we can decide um, together whether it makes sense to carry on talking or part ways friends absolutely man it's saying they're all over you know it's it's uh, it's our you know it's it's my personal take on Sandler you have your personal take I I, I would I would believe, but it's, it's about having the confidence and the delivery to do so. And then once you have that buy-in, at least for that next 15 minutes, 
it's 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 the art of asking questions to obtain the things that you you need to have budget and all those things that no one likes to ask in a mm. way that doesn't piss them off you know what i mean you got any tips for yeah. asking for budget yeah i for when i'm asking for i always say i'm going to ask you you know i say okay the direct thing cuz there's a psychology about like when you when you say i'm going to be selfish right people go but then you know, I don't know. There's like a draw on because like what the hell? Like this is this isn't the norm. You know what I mean? And then the next is I say I'm going to ask you about five questions based around band budget, authority, timeline, and need. I'm just going to rifle them off, um, and I need you to answer them as accurate as you possibly can. Because again, I'm trying to save our time. When you do that, people are like, "Oh, that makes sense." Versus people going, "So you got budget for this?" You know what I mean? People try and like slide into the budget conversation. I just say it right up front. Where I'm going to ask it in the next five minutes. I'm going to ask that question. I don't care about your revenue i don't care about your personal finances or your credit score i just need it so that i know that if we're in scope or not you know especially on enterprise software some people think it's like you know they think it's a third of the price because they've looked at cheaper options but when you're talking ibm sure. and oracle they're not cheap you know <laughs> so you gotta yeah. get that out of the way i mean it's an interesting topic of conversation obviously like i said the the standard front contract i recommend for anyone doing discovery because it just just makes best use of your time as well as the prospects um, it means you can be crystal clear on, on what, you're, what you're talking about. In terms of budget, it's sometimes a tricky one, as the amount of times people say to me, budget's not an issue. And then yeah. you, might, you might spend all this, you might spend the next day or the next few hours building a proposal for them, building a quote, and then you get to it and they say, yeah, Sam, that was too expensive. I went with a competitor. So it's, it's happened to me so many times that I don't know if you've got techniques, um, Mikolai, that you'd like to share with our audience. Like, for example, I sometimes use bracketing or things like that. Yep. Or is that, yeah. Well, so one thing that I, that I have learned, and I, I want to be very clear, you know, we, we do our, our virtual conversion to close coaching and, and we're onboarding, we're certifying onboarding amazing coaches that are better than I ever will be. Dude, that's like, that's what I get. I get so excited about that when we get to welcome a new coach. Cause I'm like, Holy smokes, they do things that I would have never thought of. Something that I learned from one of our coaches actually was just saying to them, um, now I'm gonna ask the budget question. Do you, do you have budget allocated for this? And they either say, well, we'll if you could show value, we'll find budget, which obviously isn't true. Or yeah, 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 yeah. We, we got tons of budget. And I always say, well, then have you done any research? Have you done research on how much a project or how much a investment or whatever like this might cost? Actually, sorry. I always ask, have you ever purchased said software? Have you ever purchased a digital marketing package? Whatever it, it, you're selling, right? Have you ever sure. paid for virtual sales coaching? Do you, do you have any, have you done any, you know, have you done that before? No. Okay. Have you done any research? Or they say, yes. You know what? Actually we implemented Salesforce. You're like, okay, perfect. Then I know that they've at least spent a hundred. I actually shouldn't be saying these numbers, but at least they've, I know they spent this much. Okay. Sure. So yeah, they at least have that knowledge. And then we can pick apart at that. But if they say no, then I would say, have you done any research on how much a project like this or a purchase like this may cost? And a lot of times they go oh, a little bit. And then we, you know what I'm saying? Like to me, it's, it's the, it's kind of the, the, the fork in the road. If they say, yes, I have budget. We want to, we want to really hit on that. If they say no, then we ask, have you done any research? If they say no to that, then we say, all right, you can expect um, to invest about, and you always start at your 62%, you know, you always start at like your, where your profit margin begins. And then you sure. add a little bit and say, it's, it, it could be anywhere from here to here. Have I lost you? Does that, is that, you know, like, is it time is it time for you to hang up or are we done here? I would say, are, are we done here? Does that shock you or where, where are you sitting? And they're like, you know, a lot of times they're like, 
No, that's about what I thought. Well, then you're golden, man. And then budgets now getting that budget approved and making sure that they really do have authority. That's a whole nother art, but that's how I ask for budget, you know? Excellent. I think the point we're trying to get across to anyone tuning in is not to be afraid to ask for budget in the first call, because ultimately you're making best use of your time and you're not wasting the, the prospect or the customer's time because you're not putting a proposal that's 10 times what, what they've allocated or what they can ever spend on it. Right. So yeah, just, just being real and, and yeah, making, making good use of everyone's time. Okay, cool. Good lesson. So moving forward, are there any other experiences before we talk about setting your own company, Mikolai, that you'd like to share with us that, that some actionable tips or lessons in your career? I think the thing about sales that I have learned throughout is, like I said, the credit card debt. I'm not afraid of that anymore. I'm old enough now where it's been paid off for 20 years, so I'm good. But, um, <laughs> but it, that taught me a, a lot of lessons. It, 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 like I said, it got me out. Not that I, I loved where I grew up, but it was just I, I wasn't going to thrive there. It was pre-internet. There just wasn't a lot of, with my few skills to do there. Um, so I guess what anyone listening to this about sales and what I've learned throughout it is um, – Sales is amazing because, oh, sorry, the deeper I got, the higher the tickets, like the IBMs, the Oracles, I realized this, that anyone can do sales, anyone can do it, but, but it, it, it's because it can be taught. So if there's one thing I learned throughout all that stuff is that sales has always been good to me. It can be good to anyone else that, that chooses to pursue it because we all have to sell. We all have to confidently communicate, right? It, 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 if you can sell, you can make fire with your hands. You'll never go hungry. It'll always support you. But I also learned the beautiful thing about that is that it can be taught. And the people that are really good at it have rehearsed and practiced and worked at it for a long, long time. And, and that's the thing that I want to pass on that I learned. Because I thought, oh, I'm so natural, I'm so good. But you're selling IOT, you know, million-dollar IoT packages or you're selling $3 million ERP packages. There's a lot more science at that point than there is art. You know, your art is still there, you know, the natural, I'm likable, I'm, <laughs> but at that level, it comes with heavy training and heavy studying and heavy practicing. And that's when I realized, holy smokes, like, we can teach this to people. Like, we can teach them how to fish. Do you know what I mean? And, uh, love it. Love it. I love that phrase now. that you've just said as well, that sales can be good to anyone. I, I completely agree. Like, um, being, being in sales is, is great for myself personally. I know I've, from, from, from what I've done, it's enabled me to do a lot of things in terms of supporting a family, being able to purchase houses and X, Y, and Z. I won't get into it too much, but it's, it's definitely something that's, that's blessed when you, like say, when you put the right activity in, when you invest in yourself, um, and when you take that time to learn processes and do things in, in a proper way. But what I want to get to is we talked about selling multi-million pound software um, services then. <laughs> So what's the, what's the difference when um, selling, let's say, transactional goods? So it could be something that has, I don't know, one to two week sales cycle. It could be up to £5,000 or $5,000. Mm -hmm. When it comes to selling a service like that or a software package, whatever it may be, up to that value, up to selling something that's $100,000, $200,000, $300,000, even a million dollars, how do things vary? Um, how do the conversations you have with prospects vary to to when you're selling a smaller, smaller solution to a, to a massive solution, would you say? Well, the impact on the bottom line, you know, when you're dealing with a million, rarely is somebody going to get fired for purchasing something at five, $5,000 and it didn't work out. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, maybe, but you know, you, you, you buy the wrong software, you, you implement the wrong CRM, 
you're not only are you fired, your entire organization, like your, your key, your key cronies are gone too. Um, so that's, I know that's not what you're looking for, but I just want to level set. Like that's the truth. It's, no, that makes sense. At that level of, well, here's the fundamental difference at, at, at a big ticket kind of thing. The biggest difference is the red tape. It's a different okay. type of sale. Okay. Cause you're not selling software per se. I mean, you are, but you're, you're really not. You're selling the room, right? So, you know, if you're, 500,000, 250 on up, actually, I've seen, you can see the multipliers. Now there's three decision makers. Now there's five. Now the, the, the controller can sign off. Uh oh, now the CFO has to sign off. Oh, it's how much? Now the CEO has to, you know what I mean? So, so sure. that is a whole different sales uh, process and different sales skill set to, to sell the room because the software or whatever it is, is going to sell it. At that point, it's going to sell itself. You're one of the vendors in line. You know what I mean? But you've got to now, figure out what is important to her and and what's important to him and who are allies and who are foes do you know what i mean and 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 really really putting everyone together it's like team selling you know what i'm saying um when you have a five well like we do now like a you know under under we'll say under twenty thousand dollar packages um i've been selling these for now for, for last you know quite a while um it's a different type of sale it's not any easier it's just less time because you don't basically you don't have 30 people that you got to appease and you don't have to wait for three procurement cycles. You know, a VP of this, a VP of that, a VP of that, like that takes a year. That's why it's 12 month sales cycles for these, for these big deals. But yeah, for the yeah. smaller ones, the thing about the smaller ones I've learned is I, I still need to know the key decision makers because the second you think you got them, they it's some board member that you, like, oh, I didn't, know that guy you know so so knowing all of the key decision makers finding out what is most important to them obviously still the deal but really going all in on your champion do you know what i mean like you, you kind of take the champion ladder when you're in big enterprise because this person only has so much sway then this person has more than this person but when you're talking about that deal you're usually you're talking probably to one or two shades away from the actual decision maker and so your champion and your relationship with that champion is extremely important. And that's why I love these types of sales because it's more relationship based. It's on a, it's on a personal level. And I really do want you to succeed and I want you to get your way. You know what I mean? And then you get to go to battle, battle. That sounds terrible, but you know what I mean? You get to go to battle. Like Let's call it what it is. Yeah. yeah like you get it. to go to battle with them side by side because they've got to convince this person and then that person. And, and we get to do that together at enterprise. It's, it's a little less you're, 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 you're kind of tears out. You know what I mean? So that would be the biggest thing, but I, I really enjoy the small tickets and they're harder. I think they're harder sales than enterprise. If Interesting. You know, granted I've done enterprise for 15 years, so there's that, but you know, I, I find it harder because it's more personal, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm much like you. I like, I like things to be fast. I'm not that patient. So um, mm. yeah, I like, I like quicker sales cycle. That's kind of why, what, what I do, what I do with digital marketing and um, yeah, I mean, it keeps me less red tape that, too. Right? And yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. that wasn't, that wasn't an easy question. So I did catch you quite off guard and that is quite a general, a very, very open question. So I think you handled that pretty well. And like you say, awesome. it's essentially enterprises, a heck of a lot more decision makers um, involved, whereas more transactional sales, kind of five, 10 K or less is tend to be a lot, lot faster because you're dealing with less people. You've got le less hurdles to overcome, I guess. But I wouldn't say that either one is easier than the other, but cause I've sold okay. both now. You know, I, I don't know a lot of people that have had the success of no, an enterprise and then equally the same at, at SMB. And that's, that sounds pompous now that I say it out loud, but you know, from a, from a coaching standpoint, we coach 
people on all levels, right? And sure. that level of, and a lot of our coaches do too, that level of experience is, is key when you're coming up to these smaller sales. Because enterprise people come on down and they go, ah, if I can sell this, I can nail this. Not, not the case. It's just like, why, why, can, why are BDRs so good at prospecting, but some of them can't close? And why are AEs you know, so good at closing, but can't prospect anymore? It's a, it's a skill set. And it's, it's, it, you have to sharpen that blade every single day. And selling into SMBs for a five to $10,000 spike that's not any easier than enterprise. It's just, it's just, how are you learning? You know, like what are you hearing every day to get better and better and better? It's just like sports. It's like anything, you know? Nice man. Okay. No, I like it. So moving on, let's talk a bit about your business now. Um, if you could share with us a bit more about why you set it up and how you've been able to grow it, how you've acquired customers um, in terms of the channels, whether we, whether you had a line of customers um, knocking at your door saying, Mikhailai, please, please hire me, or whether you had to go out and hunt for those or the channels you used to, to make it happen, man. Yeah, I'll just give you a little background on, on the business and then we'll, we'll go through how we acquire new, new clients. Um, the, the business started about five, actually, you probably know more than I do. I haven't read my resume in a while, but five or ah, whatever, let's say five years ago, um, where I left, I was kind of hit, hit I, you know, turned another territory. This one happened to be at IBM. Great money, the whole deal. You know, the, 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 you know what I mean? You get, you get celebrated and all that stuff. And it just was a point where I'm like, I don't really want to be a middle manager. I have, there's no more. I've done this now four or five times, same exact thing. And it's been good, but it's like, I want to do something different. And we, we could, at the time we could, uh, we were very blessed with a good, good run there. And, and so um, we started a, fractional V well, it actually started. I just wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just wanted to check that box. I had no business plan at all. In fact, the name of the company was Bedore business group, BBG, which was my last name. So the whole thing, <laughs> but it was my first go. And uh, what it morphed into was a VP, a fractional VP of sales outfit. So we took uh, mostly professional service companies, about two to 10 million. We would, uh, we would, we'd come in there, we'd blow up their revenue and then they would end up, you know, we'd help them get acquired by private equity firms. Um, that was great, but it was unscalable. And so I just got burnt out. It was, there was, we, we couldn't scale. And, and if, you know, until we took them to acquisition, it could be three years, you know, so you have four, three, it's like three VP sales jobs at the same time. It was like me and three other guys. It got, I just got burnt out one day. I couldn't get out of bed. And so I thought I'm going to go and just go back to just enterprise sales. But then what happened in between was we started a podcast called coffee and closers. Um, which has become the joy of my life where we get a chance. That's how we connected, um, you know, to, to interview top sales minds. And what we do is we share those top sales minds. We invite top sales level people from across the country, as well as people new to sales, entrepreneurs, makers, technicians, people that have to sell now. They don't know how, and they really don't want to. And we kind of make a community called our closers community in which all those people can, can celebrate together, share their, their struggles, help each other out. And then how we make money um, is two new offerings that our team, when I was selling, I took a year off to go to NetSuite and, and sell. Um, they built up an amazing company in my absence. Um, very smart people, very operational. My wife uh, led it, has, leads it and led it for the last year. And I came as of last month or two, even beta testing our virtual close coaching, um, which is all conversion based. So people's territories, their leads, whatever they have, as soon as that first call discovery is there, we're on it. And we, we help those people, we coach them to help uh, close those deals quicker and faster. And then our other thing, like I told you, is our end to end offering, which is we set, it starts with sales qualified leads that are 
marketing team sets people up with, and then the same deal, those conversion specialists come in and help uh, help people bring those to close. That's, so that's how we make money today, uh, and sponsors sponsorships, I guess, but um, really passionate about helping the next step, man. It's That's awesome. probably if you were to say, what is your passion? I want to empower everybody, anyone and everyone with the, the ability and the skill set to be able to you know, confidently tell your story, have the confidence to ask for the business, you know what I mean? And make a better lives for themselves. Sure. Um, on that note, is there any strategy or any process that you recommend anyone that's tuning into this and thinking, oh, I literally hate selling, like talking to people about trying to sell my product is the worst thing. It literally sends shivers down my spine and breaks yeah. me into a cold sweat. Is there any material, anything you can suggest to, to people or even a process it's like the best first step. Like you could say, look, I, if I did this in my first year of selling, I would have sold 10 times what I did now that you can recommend to them to get them on the right footing. Yeah. Yes. Number one though, it's mindset. So I can tell you, I can tell you, but number one, it has to be a mindset. It's like this. If, if like everyone wants to be in shape, but nobody wants to go to the gym, you know what I mean? Like if you're out of shape, the last place you want to go is to the gym. You don't want to get shamed. You don't want to sweat. You don't want to be exhausted, but you want to be in shape. So how are you going to get there? There's only one way. Go to the gym, right? It's same way with, um, with, with uh, sales. Because we deal with our clients. A lot of them are new to sales, like so corporations, or a lot of them are 20 employees or five employees on down, uh, fresh startups. And they're like, I don't want to sell. And I, and I go, all right, how about this? You know, tell me what your product. And they geek out. It's like, oh, there's this new restaurant, man. Uh, uh, this restaurant's great. You got to go check this out. You, guess what you're doing? You're passionate about this thing that you're telling me about and asking me and inspiring me to go there to check it out myself. So if you can flip your mindset to say, oh, wait, I have something that, that either I have something that, that nobody else has access to, right? I'm very passionate about it. They have a problem. Like we invented this for that problem or, or someone invented it that I'm in charge of selling to for that problem you know, and I know this can help them. Well, then it's your duty to get off your ass <laughs> and go have a conversation with as many people that have that need. It does. It, that's not selling. Like that's the greater good, man. You know what I mean? Like if you saw somebody, I don't know, like sick or like if you had a magic pill that could help somebody on the ground sick and doing the whole deal and you, and you knew that as soon as they took that pill, it would help them. Like, are you, 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 you're, you know what I mean? You're not going to, you're not going to introduce yourself. You're not going to give them that pill. Right? Like, but everyone looks at sales that way. They're the opposite. They go, I don't want to sell. Well, you have to because you have something that I, I may want in, my, in better in my life, but I don't know about it. If you, you know what I mean? So pick up the phone and call me up. But the other okay. thing is, is, is what I found as far as, so once you can get to that mindset, I have found when we do our prospecting activities is I want to look at all, if it's a brand new startup, doubtful are you the first person to invent a CRM <laughs> doubtful are you the first person to start a digital marketing agency <laughs> you know what I mean so what's your niche who's doing it exactly like you right copy what they're doing who are they targeting right all those types of things pick you know like Brandon said on, on our, our podcast was you know pick your niche to get rich is sure. find an industry find a geography find a whatever that you have had sec success in whether at your current company or at past companies that you've had success, you can speak the language, you get it, right? And then craft a message in an outreach campaign that speaks to directly that personalized, 
You know what I'm saying? Like as not personalized like to their life, but as personalized as you can get about them, but most importantly, the specific pain that they're going through. Like you guys in GDRP, right? If you had a solve for GDRP, um, especially considering cold out me, our email outreach and all that kind of stuff, you guys are probably like, let me talk about GDRP. I have a hunch that you're probably dealing with that right now. Yes, I am. Oh, you know, and you can go direct to that. Say, here's what we're doing and here's what we've done it for. And the reason I know this will work for you is because we've got these cats right here that we did it for, you know, X amount of time and the results were off, off the hook. We can help you. Are, are you open to, to hearing more? Again, not selling, you're educating. It's a fundamental difference, you know? Nice, nice. So some top tips just there. So if you, how to sell if you hate selling. So I'm sure there's many tuning in that do. Cool, man. Um, so what, what channels are you guys using to, to generate business? Is it mainly through the podcast or is it a lot of cold outreach, like cold calling, cold email cadences, or are you having success with digital marketing channels? Yeah, the reason I took a pause there is because we, we uh, we've been just, we've been beta testing everything. Something like got we've it. got a really great op operational. One of our business partners we brought in as our COO has helped take a couple companies to acquisition. One of his last got acquired by Goldman Sachs, and he is a huge fan of all things digital. But I want to try, you know. So we've, so I guess that our our process where we've kind of ended up right now is we want to invite everyone to come and join us for our podcast. The podcasts are fun. They're free. In a lot of t uh, places, we have uh, viewing parties. So you can go and hang out with other people in that community and then watch it on the big screen. It's a lot of fun. Um, those people sign up. And at, at that point, we ask them a couple questions, like if they'd ever be open to this or that. Sometimes we get 10, sometimes we get 100 people that are looking for what we offer. And then we get a chance to ask their, for their permission to educate them more. That has been huge. And so our whole campaigns have just been inviting people to the program. No sales, no nothing. Just saying, hey, it's COVID. You guys might be looking for ways to, to grow revenue in a crazy time. Um, here's, here's a show we do. Here's past guests. It's a lot of fun. It's virtual or on site, whatever you prefer. Great community people. Come on down. And that awesome. we found to be the most effective. But how we're reaching them is through every channel you can think of. We're doing ads on whatever. We're doing uh, you know, ads on LinkedIn has been our salespeople. You know that. I mean, LinkedIn is, is magic for, for us and some other channels that we use. But um, Cold outreach also. And our cold nice. is inviting them, right? Just invitation. Um, and it's been working great. Nice, man. So invita in using a, a range of channels to invite people to your free events. So where you interview yeah. sales leaders and basically give them value on all things selling. And um, I yeah. guess then from, from there, you're getting inbound leads and, and working them through on what you offer. Yeah, and the, and the cadence is like, maybe this is, you can give me advice on this. Like we haven't twisted that yet, you know, where it's like, come on, hey, Sam, come on, come on down. Here's, here's what we got. You know, here's what it is based on your position and people we've helped in the past. Um, a lot of folks in your seat find value in this. Maybe you don't. And if not, that's okay. Here's our newsletter. Here's our stuff. And we leave them alone. And then next month or usually give them like a month break. You go, Hey, <laughs> maybe last, the last one didn't work out. I didn't hear from you. So whatever. And we invite them. There's never any, like, by the way, here's some hockey hokey sales crap that I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like if you're, if they're not interested in, in sure. viewing, you know what I mean? Join, joining something fun, then they're probably not interested in what we offer at the moment. And that's okay. Love it, dude. Excellent. We've covered some great ground. We've learned your story. We've learned your top selling tips in terms of qualification, discovery calls, and how to uncover 
the uh, mysterious budget that no one ever really <laughs> wants to give you, but we all really need it and how to right. sell even if you hate selling. Um, plus your ways that you've grown your business. So thanks very much for coming on, man. I'd like to ask, ask everyone that comes on, um, if you could thank just one person, either dead or alive, for being a positive influence for yourself or your career, who would that be and why? I would say my Uncle John. My Uncle John was the guy who was slinging frozen pizzas. Not a sexy job to most people, but to him, it was like he was selling Rolls Royces. I mean, he just, he just showed up to work every day with a smile on his face. Um, he also was a black, fourth degree black belt in, in Taekwondo. So he taught me Taekwondo. So I, he was a master sensei. So I got to get my black belt also. And I play music still to this day because my uncle John played music. You know what I mean? It was at right, right time, right place. He was a lot younger. He was the youngest, I think, so, brother of my dad. And my, like I said, my, my, my dad had tons, a lot of uncles and aunts. So he was just a little bit older than me and he was super cool. And um, he taught me sales. He taught me uh, how to do it, what it was, you know, this thing that I was getting in trouble for school. <laughs> I was getting in trouble for school, in school, doing exactly what salespeople do at the time, pre-internet. You go out and you chum and you go for lunch. And I was like, this is amazing. And honestly, if it weren't for that ride along, that one ride along, because he kept asking me, I always said no. And then he, I'm like, I got nothing better to do. Let's go. And I discovered what the sale, this craft and this art is. I don't know where I, I honestly don't know where I would be. So there's been a lot of inspirations uh, uh, through my life, but I would say I owe a lot to that, to that man. Uh, yeah. Because he's, he's given me this great life. Can, can relate to that quite a bit, actually, man. I, that, I guess the old saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know comes into play. Because I know my, <laughs> right? yeah, my cousins helped me a lot in a very similar way in terms of connecting me to different roles. I even co-direct this company now, so I can relate to that a heck of a lot. Oh, that's, that's, that's your cool, cousin. Man. Okay, you mentioned your cousin. Yeah, yeah, so he's a okay. co-director of the company. Um, no, that's cool, man. Well, everyone, you've been tuning into Sam's Business Growth Show. We sit down with business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We find out their story, how digital marketing has helped along the way, and their exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket yourselves and your business. Um, Nikolai, tell us a bit more about your company, how people can learn from you, and how people can get in touch with your good self. Absolutely. Well, as I said, uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active. It's M-I-C-K-E-L-I. Uh, B-E-D-R-E. I'm sure Sam will have that for you. Um, please check out closersmedia.com. We are in phase 2.0 of uh, our product launches, um, our new website. Um, we're going to be having an archive of past episodes, some, some micro doses of, of, uh, of education, as well as some of our coaches and our partners are, um, are going to be, you know, blogging and, and giving that kind of stuff. And if you're interested and, and you're consider yourself a top salesperson, also reach out. We'd love to, uh, you know, uh, you know, talk to you and see and have you apply and see if you be our next uh, conversion or our close coach. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Absolutely, brother. It was, a, it was a pleasure, true pleasure. Are you tired of constantly hunting for new customers? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending lots of money on advertising, but your website is failing to convert all of your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of new customers. If you'd like to learn more about our unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you, connect with Sam Dunning on LinkedIn or book a free 20-minute consultation via webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Subscribe today for more digital marketing, sales and business growth tips from the experts.